Welcome to the Waves Ministry Podcast. My name is Caroline Hare, and I'm the founder of Waves Girls Conference. We have girls conferences for girls ages 12 to 22 in the States as well as internationally. Our mission and vision is to encourage and equip young women to start making waves for Christ in their homes, community, and in the world. We hope that through this podcast that we can bring messages and words of life, wisdom, and hope through the Word of God, life issues, and help girls know their true identity and calling. Well, hello, ladies. Um, Transitioning from that spiritual prayer, I have one important question to ask y'all. How many of you guys have ever heard of a man named Kanye West? Anybody? Anybody? Okay, probably not thought we would hear that name at a girls' conference this weekend. Um, But if you know anything about Kanye, he's involved with the Kardashians. He's a rapper, a little crazy, makes music, right? Well, there is a game that I want us to play involving Kanye, who used to go by Yeezus, okay? So we are going to play a game today called Yeezus or Jesus, okay? So I'm going to need everybody to stand up really quickly, okay? If you need to shake it out, do whatever. I know we just had lunch. You might be a little tired, but we're going to play this game, okay? And how this game is played is that if you think the quotes that will be coming up on the screen, if you think Kanye, Jesus, if he said that quote, you're going to sit down. But if you think Jesus said that quote, you are going to stay standing, okay? So stand up, Jesus, sit down, Kanye, okay? We good? Okay, so let's put the first quote on the screen. Okay, it says, I am so credible and influential and so relevant that I will change things. We think that's Jesus, right? Okay, is it correct? Yes. Okay, so if you got that one, great. You got a point. Keep a tally in your mind of like, okay, I've got this many correct. Okay, so that first one was a pretty easy one. It was, in fact, Kanye. Okay, second one. I am like a tree. I feed the branches of the people. Was that Jesus? Was that Kanye? Okay, so we've got a room divided, my friends. And it was. It was Jesus. Okay? So that's really crazy. It sounds so similar to something that Jesus said. um, But, yeah, that actually came out of the mouth of Kanye. Okay, next one. Um, Don't worry about tomorrow. Today's trouble is enough for today. Okay, was it Jesus? Was it Kanye? And the answer is Jesus, yes. Remember he talks about worry, which we've talked about a lot this weekend. And so yeah, that one was Jesus. How many has got, anybody gotten them all right so far? Couple up in the front. Okay, next one. I am the vine. You are the branches. Apart from me, you can do nothing. Okay, so stand up for Jesus. And the answer is Yes, this is from Jesus, right? Connie said he is like a tree, but Jesus is claiming, no, I am the vine, and you must be connected to me. Okay, next one. I am a God. Okay, I'm very proud that we all sat down. Okay, what is the answer? Yes, right? He's claiming, which is a crazy statement for a human being to make, but that came out of his mouth. Okay, next one. God blesses you when people insult you, persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. 
Okay, I mean, this could be, do y'all remember when he hijacked some award show when Taylor won the award? Like, you know what I mean? Like, he, this could be, I don't know, but what is the correct answer? This is Jesus, right? He's talking in the Beatitudes, and blessed are we when we are persecuted on his account. Got a couple more. What's the next one? One day the light will shine through, and one day people will understand everything I ever did. Because Jesus did some pretty crazy things, too, to the time, at the time. But, in fact, who said it? Jesus. Kanye said that, okay? So, I mean, if you did some of the stuff that he did, you might want to think that people would eventually understand you're crazy. Okay, continuing on. Don't let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God and trust also in me. Okay? And yes, this one, this is definitely Jesus, right? That he wanted us to trust in him at all times. So Jesus, yeah, there we go. Okay, and then let's see this next one. Okay, keep your nose out of the sky, keep your heart to God, and keep your face to the rising sun. I don't know, is this Jesus encouraging us to, to just live in the moment? I don't know. Let's see what it is. Jesus, okay? And then I think we've got one or two more. Okay, and then um, remember that I am always with you until the end of time. Is this Kanye saying, hey, I've got my music and it's going to transcend my, my timeline? Or is it Jesus saying, I'm literally always with you? Answer is Jesus. Anybody still have all of them right? Anybody? Anybody? We've got one in the front. Okay, I think this one. Um, those who use the sword will die by the sword. Kind of a tricky one. It's kind of split. It's kind of split. But the answer is, it's Jesus, right? I know, it's crazy. Crazy, crazy. And then last one. Healthy people don't need a doctor. Sick people do. Healthy people don't need a doctor, but sick people do. Stand up. Sit down. So stand up if you think it's Jesus. Sit if you think it's Kanye. And the answer is, it's Jesus, right? When he was talking about sin and how we, like the healthy don't need a doctor, we are, that are messed up need to go, and that Jesus was the only one person. Sorry, there was a lot more in here. This is actually the last one. Oh, no, it's not. Oh, my gosh, I want to hear there. Okay, the only thing I want to do in life is help people. Jesus, Kanye, and it is Jesus. Y'all are correct. Next one. Okay, this is honestly the last one. Sorry, there's a lot more in there than I thought. You should only believe 90% of what I say. And as a matter of fact, don't even believe anything that I'm saying at all. Right? And who is that? Jesus. Okay, Kanye. Yeah, so some of those statements were crazy, right? Like they were hard to distinguish who said what. Did anybody, the, did you get all of them right? No. Okay, okay. So in a room this size, I can confidently tell you out of, I've played this game several times in my student ministry and when I've spoken other places, and I have never had a single person get all of those correct. Not once. Honestly, not once. And for me, and I think for all of us in here, that's kind of scary, am I right? In the sense that we couldn't tell if something came from the mouth of Jesus, our Savior, 
or if it came from Kanye West. <laughs> Do you see how that might be a little bit of a problem, right? And so today, that is what I am here to talk about, is this idea of honest truth. Because there are a lot of voices that we listen to. I mean, think about all the people that we follow on social media, the people that we go to school with, are in our classrooms, at church, at home. We're hearing constantly this content being thrown at us. But if we don't know God's word, if we do not know the truth about who we are, then we can subtly start to believe these things that we're being told that sound like truth, but actually aren't, right? Like that one about the vine. He said, like, I am like a tree and goes on to this thing. But no, Jesus says he himself is the vine and we must be connected to him. And so today we're going to look at why it is so important for us to know truth in order to live it and to claim it. And so um, we're not just going to take my word for it. I want you to see with your very own eyes the truth that Jesus said about truth. So if you have your Bible, pick it up, and let's go to John chapter 8. And while you're getting there, I, I want to encourage us because there is this idea, and it's kind of a churchy term, but it's this idea of relevant truth. And the world says, hey, you do you. You do what you want to say, how you want to act, what you want to wear, do all of these things, and that might be your truth. But that's not what I believe. And so we can all do whatever we want to do, and we'll just coexist, and it'll be fine and dandy, right? Okay, well, just logically playing that out. Say there's a person standing next to me, and they say, hey, I believe murder is okay. Like, I, in fact, want to go out and murder a ton of people. What would your reaction be? I'd be so freaked out. I'd be like, uh, excuse me, no, 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 no. For me, I believe that murder is wrong. Why? Because the Bible says it. And so obviously, if somebody says that murder is their truth, they can kill and do whatever they want, good, bad, or ugly, and then I'm sitting here saying, well, my truth is that murder is not acceptable. Can both of those be true? right? <laughs> like, like, if they're completely contradictory, logically thinking, those cannot uphold to be true. And so our society is almost teaching us that we can go and buy things with Monopoly money, okay? How many of y'all have ever played Monopoly? I personally think it is the world's worst game. It takes forever. It divides families. It is not a fun game. I don't, I personally don't think so. But in that game, you're given money, right? And there's little slips of paper. And so that helps you buy your boardwalks and pays your taxes and gets you out of jail. And, and so, yes, that's money in that game. It is relative to that game. But how many of you have ever walked into a Starbucks or a Chick-fil-A or wherever you want to go? And they're like, okay, that'll be $6. And you put a couple Monopoly dollar bills on the table. Has anybody ever done that? No. Why? Because that is not money, right? It's a piece of paper. It has no significance outside of the game of Monopoly. And so our culture is basically saying this. They're saying we can slap truth onto something cheap. We can slap truth on something that is untrue and make it sound as if it's true. But in reality, it is not fully truth that God gives us. And so we're going to see in John chapter 8 
that play out, okay? So in John chapter 8, in order for us to kind of get a better context of what we're studying, um, in verses 21 through 30, um, the Jews are kind of looking at Jesus and being like, okay, like, who really are you, Jesus? And they're questioning, and some, like, are understanding who God is, but a lot of them are just confused or just refuse to believe. And so we're going to pick up in that verse 31. So it says, to the Jews who had believed him, who believed that he was the God, the Messiah they had been waiting for, Jesus said, if you hold to my teaching, you are really my disciples. If you hold to my teaching, you are really my disciples. Now, some of you, depending on what translation you have your Bible in, some might say, continue in my teaching, to abide in my teaching. Some say to be rooted. And that idea is constantly choosing to live and dwell in God's word and in his teachings, and in the very words that Jesus was speaking. And so we could have said, if you see truth, if you hear truth, if you listen to truth. But what did he say? No, he said, if you hold to my teaching. And I love that because when you're holding something, you're, it's normally not passive, right? Like if you were dying and like a roller coaster threw you off the roller coaster and you're having to hold on to the side, you're not just, get, you're going to be clenching for dear life. Am I right? Like I hope not, that never happens to anybody in there, but I have no upper body strength, but I tell you, my muscles would be moving mountains to keep me from falling to my death, right? That we as believers have to hold to cling to the teachings of Jesus, and so it takes away, Jesus puts, hey, you might say you're my disciple, you might say you're my follower, but if you are not listening and leading out of the truth that I say, you are not my disciple. And so that's number one, one truth that I picked out from here, that disciples are my, marked by abiding in truth. And I say that not as a, uh, if you're not doing that, like what a terrible person you are. No, 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 no. The point is that we have to understand that we must cling to truth, not only for our sake, and for us to know when Satan whispers these lies of culture that people tell us, but we have to hold on to it because we can't stand up for something that we do not know. And that leads us into the second, um, second truth that we learn in this passage. And it goes on to say in verse 32, then you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. How many of you guys have heard that verse before? Okay, a couple of us, a couple of us. Guys, there's so much power in this verse, right? Because it's saying, hey, Jesus is like, I know that you are enslaved to sin. I know that you are in bondage. And we've kind of talked about that throughout this week, right? That there are things, there are seasons and circumstances, but some of us in here are just plainly living in sin, and to be honest, we're just kind of enjoying it, right? We're just like, man, like, you're, you're not realizing the consequence of that sin, and you're enjoying it. And, and Jesus is saying there is bondage in that. It gets to the point where you do not enjoy your sin. And one thing that I used, <laughs> this was, like, really illustrated in my life, was when I got the stomach flu, Okay. Can anybody, like, attest to the terror of having the stomach flu? Um, and so growing up, 
I don't know if this is normal in your family. I'm from Texas, so a lot of my friends' moms did this. But we, my mom had a specific pot that if you were sick, it always went by your bed just in case. Okay, does anybody know what I'm talking about? You're catching what I'm throwing down? So if I was sick, you would have something just in case you didn't make it to the bathroom and, like, you know, just for mess's sake, you would be good. And so I was starting to feel better, and I was like, Mom, I said the bold thing. I was like, you can take that pot away. I'll be fine. I'll be fine. And even though I was starting to do better and starting to feel healthier, at 2 in the morning that next morning, I woke up having to projectile vomit, okay? Not a fun way to wake up. And as I am doing that, I'm running to the bathroom, and we have wood floors at my house growing up, and I'm running. And guys, it was terrible. I accidentally threw up, but that's not it. I was still running, and gravity, when you're sick, does not stop for you, okay? So what happened is I literally slip and slided through my own vomit, okay? It was the nastiest thing I have ever experienced, right? Like, it was terrible, terrible. Like, I do not suggest it. I do not encourage it. But in that moment, I honestly started laughing because I was like, is this my life? Like, what is happening right now? But I, I really started to realize when we are not living in truth, that is how spiritually we are living. It's like we're enjoying, I wasn't enjoying it, but we're stuck in our mess. And we're just kind of playing around in it. But Jesus here is saying, no, the truth sets you free from that sin. My mom, as she like kind of came after the after effect of all of that, she came and she started me a bath and she cleaned me up and, and restored me. And I just thought that is the beautiful picture that Jesus is trying to communicate here. He's saying that no matter what sin you are struggling with, no matter what you're going through, he will always pick you up out of it and that his truth of his word will set you free from that sin. So if it's saying we have to know the truth, what does that actually mean, right? Like, does it mean I just need to know about it and know some facts about the Bible? It would be as if, if that was the case, it would be as if me saying, okay, how many of y'all in here love Taylor Swift? Taylor Swift, right? Okay, like whoever is your favorite singer, whoever is your favorite actor, actress, influencer, whatever. Take you the most famous person that you would want to meet, okay? And would it compare if you only knew, like, facts about that person? You knew their birthday. You knew um, their Twitter handle or Instagram handle. You knew where they lived, their favorite type of cupcake. Like, yeah, those are great. Those are facts that help inform you about who that person is. But does that mean you know that person? Right? No. When you know somebody, you know, like, when your friends, you can, like, look at those best friends of yours, and you don't even have to say anything, but you can give one eye glance, and you're laughing about something, right? Like, we have these shorthands with these people, and because we know them personally, not just like, oh, they play for so-and-so team, or they're in band, or you, we don't just know these facts about people. We know the person themselves, and as a result of knowing them, we start to love them, right? We cannot love things we do not know. 
And with scripture, we can't be set free from our sin if we do not know the truth. And so to know the truth, we're going to talk about three really practical ways to do that. Um, But we have to treasure his word. And I know it is a thousand times easier most of the time to open up Netflix or Hulu or just scroll on Instagram and sit in our bed before we wake up really and get out of bed or before we go to sleep and just kind of numb ourselves out. But there is so much power that we receive from opening up God's word and letting the Lord work through us through that word. Okay, so that's number two. The truth sets us free. But the last thing that we see here um, is that Jesus died on the cross for our sins. So as we continue down, um, Jesus is saying, hey, then you'll know the truth. The truth will set you free. But in verse 33, it says, they answered him, we are Abraham's descendants and have never been slaves of anyone. How can you say that we shall be set free? Okay, was that true? Have any of y'all ever read through the book of Exodus where all of the Israelites at that time or Hebrews at that time were enslaved to the Egyptians, right? Insert Moses, and he comes to deliver God's people into the promised land. Like, they had been um, enslaved in Egypt. Later on, they would go to be enslaved um, by the Philistines with King David era. They were enslaved by pretty much any empire that had ever ruled the the world, okay? So clearly, they were very mistaken about their heritage. But Jesus goes on to say, Very truly, I tell you, everyone who sins is a slave to sin. Now a slave has no permanent place in the family, but a son belongs to it forever. So if the son sets you free, you will be free indeed. I know that you are Abraham's descendants, that you are looking for a way to kill me because you have no room for my word. I am telling you what I have seen in the Father's presence, and you are doing what you have heard from your father. Okay, so through that, we see Jesus saying, hey, we are all, everyone in this room, are slaves to sin. And when you think about slavery, do you think of it in like a positive light? Like, ooh, that's so fun. No, you would be a crazy person that we, like, when you are enslaved, you have no freedom. Your time is not your time. Your body is not your body. People have complete ownership of you. And Jesus was like, I want to set you free from that bond sin has on you. And how does it go on to say that they do that? It is through, um, through the son, right? That a slave didn't have any ownership in a family, but the son did. And so if Jesus Christ died on the cross for the sin, which are on the, yeah, died on the cross for our sin, then through that, we are afforded freedom from slavery of sin. And so we have to know truth. We have to understand that Jesus Christ died on the cross for our sins. Um, and it's, it's very interesting. I know in one of the sessions we talked about this a little bit, um, but it goes on to talk about how, man, Jesus claims that their father, Abraham, that they're claiming to know and to love and to have their heritage from, that they're actually like sons of Satan, which that's a pretty big statement. And so um, it says in verse 39, Abraham is our father, they answered, If you were Abraham's children, Jesus said, then you would do what Abraham did. As it is, you are looking for a way to kill me, a man who has told you the truth that I heard from God. 
Abraham did not do such things. You are doing the works of your own father. We are not illeg illegitimate children, they protested. The only father we have is God himself. And then it gets really juicy. It says, Jesus said to them, if God were your father, you would love me, for I have come here from God. I have not come on my own. God sent me. Why is my language not clear to you? Because you are unable to hear what I say. You belong to your father, the devil, and you want to carry out your father's desires. He was a murderer from the beginning, not holding to the truth, for there is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks his native tongue, for he is a liar and the father of lies. Yet, because I tell you the truth, you do not believe me? Can any of you prove me guilty of sin? If I am telling the truth, why don't you believe me? Whoever belongs to God, hears what God says. The reason you do not hear is that you do not belong to God. Okay, like, give yourself a pat on the back. I know that's a lot of scripture we just covered. But here's the thing. Jesus was saying, hey, you're not abiding in truth or in my teaching, and you're really not my disciple because you're not doing so. You're not set free from sin. Sin is blinding you from the reality before you, and you are actually living out like Satan. You're, you're choosing deceit instead of truth, right? And so doesn't that kind of share from the mouth of Jesus himself that truth is incredibly important because it sets us free and gives us freedom and is the way that we live in a right relationship with the Lord. Okay, so that's kind of the overview of why we need to know the honest truth. But y'all are probably like, uh, Megan, shoot it to me straight. Like, how do we actually do that? Okay, so um, one of the easiest ways that I can think to do that is to defer to the word. Now, Christy, I think, um, in the panel was talking about, man, everything that we do, every lie that we hear, every thought that we have, we have to relate it back to God's word, right? We have to understand and know truth to know what is a lie. Well, I don't know about you guys. You guys are probably a little bit more spiritual than me, and so you probably don't have the problem of going on random rabbit trails of cute little animals on YouTube. Anybody? Okay. That, I don't know why, like, when I cannot sleep, my first thing I want to do is look at baby animals. I just think they're so cute. And so one night, I was on YouTube, and I was watching a video, and then this, this picture pops up, and I think we have it on the screen. Everybody meet Shrek, okay? So he is a sheep, and he's not looking too good, right? Like, he's not looking his finest. And so the story of Shrek is that when he was a little, like, lamb, he was being shepherded, and he got lost. And his shepherd was distraught and confused and like, where in the world is he? So this shepherd goes, they're in New Zealand, and is literally just looking all over the countryside for Shrek. And unfortunately, he didn't find him. So he was like, oh, like, let's throw a little service for sweet Shrek the sheep. But um, I'm pretty sure he's dead. Like, a wolf got him. He fell off a cliff. He's dying of starvation. Like, I don't know what else to do. So shepherd goes on his way while Shrek lives in the wild for six years, okay? And that's pretty unheard of because they're typically prey. And so just a random afternoon, Shrek in this condition 
comes back to his shepherd. And the shepherd's like, what in the world? And if you look closely, can you see his feet? No. Can you see his eyes? No. The, the doctor, the vet, when they took Shrek in, actually said, if it had only been a couple more weeks, Shrek would have died because there was so much weight on him. He couldn't go to the bathroom properly. His back was giving out. Like all of his functions of living were completely jeopardized because he um, was in the wild for so long. And I don't know a whole lot about sheep, but I know that they shear them for the wool. And out of that amount of wool that he had on his body, they were able to make 20 adult male three-piece suits, okay? So like 20 guys, you line them up, and they're like best attire, and that all came from this dude, right? It's not physical. It doesn't, it doesn't get add weight onto you. But in the same sense, if we do not hear the master's truth about who we are, then we carry the burden of living in lives and living alone. And so if you do not want to be like Shrek, then we have to defer to the word. We have to go and make sure that we know what is biblically true to weigh it against all the lies that we hear. So number one, if you want to live out the honest truth, you have to defer to the word. But secondly, we have to hide truth away in our hearts. Um, I don't know... Most of the adults in here can attest, like, my first phone was, like, a block, okay? <laughs> and it had, like, little numbers. And, y'all, if you texted people back then, you really loved them because you had to hit a button, like, five times to get the right letter. And then if you got it wrong, you had to go all the way back. It was terrible, okay? Not like it is today. But before, really, phones were around, when I luckily kind of grew up in middle school having them, but, like, my parents... They had to memorize every phone number of the people they knew, right? How many of you in here can tell your mom and dad's number? Okay, we, like if we were in an emergency and we, we didn't have our phone, we'd be good. But like, do you know your grandparents' number, your siblings' number, your friend's number, your coach's number, your, the grocery store clerk's number? Like, we would not know if we didn't have that number memorized in moments of need. And it's the same way when it comes to scripture, right? Like, you might be at school and hear something that is completely untrue. And you might be thinking about it and be like, man, I wish I had a verse. And you might, and if you do this, that's great. But I bet a lot of us don't carry our Bible with us at all times. And in the middle of math class, be like, okay, Lord, your truth right here says this about this about this. And if you do, that's great. I'm not judging. I'm just saying we don't always have the Bible with us or we might not have our phone to look something up. And that is why scripture memory is so important. And I know that might be something that growing up you were like told to do, but you didn't do. Or you're like, I can't memorize anything, let alone like a passage of scripture. But I challenge you this weekend, take one tiny verse. You know what the tiniest verse in the Bible is? Jesus wept. Yep, you can remember two words, right? And even though that might seem like a trivial verse, man, that verse teaches us that Jesus mourns with people, right? That was, he was mourning the death, um, I, I believe, of Lazarus, and he was, he was mourning, he was upset. And so to see that the God of the universe is compassionate, 
yeah, I think I can recall on that verse and, and be encouraged in that. But how much more if, okay, what if we memorize verses that help us to, to use our words in a way that are uplifting? I know, I'm a woman, I'm guilty of it. Our mouths get us in a lot of trouble, amen? Yeah, like, if we could just close this sucker, we'd probably be doing a lot better. Whether it's gossiping, whether it's cussing, whether it's talking um, like crude or foul language, um, or maybe it's you're not using your mouth to glorify the Lord and telling others the gospel. Whatever it is, man, if I had a verse that I had tucked away that I could remind myself of before I was going to say this really juicy piece of gossip that I have on this girl in math class, wouldn't that affect our hearts towards that person? It would affect the way that we speak, the way that we live. And so if we want to live out truth, we have to hide it away in our hearts. Um, it says in Psalm 119, 9 through 11, How can a young man keep his way pure? By guarding it according to your word. With my whole heart I seek you. Let me not wander from your commandments. I have stored up your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. There, I can't even remember what it was the other day, but I was going through something, and I was just discouraged and upset. And the Lord just instantly, that next morning, I woke up with the sweetest scripture on my heart. And, and I can't remember the last time I read that. But y'all, the Holy Spirit has a way of reminding us of truth. And if we tuck it away, how much easier can he pull it out and put it out for us to live in it? Um, but we have to take time to memorize it. And so last but not least, um, if we want to live out honest truth, we have to breathe it in and breathe it out. So that verse that we talked about in, in John and saying about them, you'll know the truth and the truth will set you free. That knowing doesn't just mean like an academic, like, okay, I've got to get five master's degrees in theology to really know the Bible. No, 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 no. We have to, to correctly read and interpret scripture, but we are called to love the Lord and let that knowledge push us into a heart knowledge. So it's not just saying like, I'm going to puff myself up and know all of these amount of verses, but not ever apply it to my life. Like, that makes no sense. And so in 2 Timothy 3.16, it says, all scripture is breathed out by God. A profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be competent, equipped for every good work. So you see it? That God spoke this, this truth into life through his word. And as a result, we have to breathe it in, but we have to exhale it. We have to take it in, allow the Holy Spirit to convict and to correct and to grow us, and as a result, we live and we're equipped. Uh, what does the last part say? And for training in righteousness that the man of God may be competent, equipped for every good work. See, here's the deal. Most of us in here have either grown up in the church or we, we know Jesus and we've followed him for a long time. But our faith cannot and will not grow if we are not teaching others around us the truth of who Christ is, right? Like um, in the, the 19th or 18th century when um, the Civil War was happening, they had um, slaves that were set free and the, the word would get out. 
But there was people that were really far west who kept slaves illegally because slaves had not heard at that point that they were legally free. Can you imagine that? That there's somebody withholding knowledge from you for whatever gain, for whatever reason, and you could have been living months, weeks, years as a free woman, but yet you weren't. And I just can't help but think, man, so many of us in here are not free from the power of sin. We are um, not living in truth. We don't, we haven't accepted forgiveness from the Lord. And so as a result, you yourself might not understand this, but the ones in here that have and have seen the experience and life change that the gospel brings you, and you're just sitting on it, man, in a sense, it, it seems so legalistic, but it's even worse that we are like that slave owner who is keeping people in the dark. And maybe it might be out of fear or you don't know what to say to those around you at school or at church or at home. But guys, the gospel changes us. And as a result, we should want everyone we know to experience that life change, right? Because the Lord is good, isn't he? Like, he's the best thing that's ever happened to me. And if you know him, I bet he's the best thing that's ever happened to you. And so all that to say, um, I, I encourage you to know God's word, to know his truth, but then to, to, to breathe it out and to let others experience life change. Um, we're running out of time, but I, I want to end on this. So I love to travel. I think it's super fun. Traveled here from Dallas for the weekend. So if I ever said y'all, that's probably, that's the Texan talking in me. Um, but my brother-in-law and sister just recently moved to Portland, which is like a really fun city. And as I, um, we went out to visit them, I went with my parents. So we're getting off the airplane and we're heading out to get our rental car. And this lady comes out of the bathroom, which airport bathrooms in and of themselves are just terrible. Like, can we all agree on that? Like, they're not a pleasant experience to have to use one. But this poor lady had an even worse experience because she comes out of the bathroom and has one of those plastic paper seat covers. You know what I'm talking about? That you, like, put down so you don't get anything nasty. Yeah, so she had that sticking fully out of the back of her pants. Yes, exactly. Like, it was so bad. And my dad actually saw it first, and he's like, oh, my gosh, what do we do? So my mom, being so sweet and so loving, like, runs over to the lady, and she's like, miss. And the lady was like, what? Like, I don't know you. She's like, you have a seat cover, like, attached to you? And she's like, oh, my gosh, and, like, takes it and crumples it up and throws it away. And, like, my, we laugh about it to this day. It was just her reaction, her face. Her daughter comes out, and then she's telling her, like, you will not believe what an idiot I am. Like, what just happened? And all of that I say that is for this, is that it did not take anything for my mom to go up and to tell her the truth. Like, we could have just went and gotten our rental car and been none the wiser and let somebody else step up and tell her the truth. But because we loved this woman, even though we didn't know her, we wanted her to, to know the reality that she was facing. And in this culture, especially of relevant truth when it comes to religion and ideas and theology and all of these contrasting things that you're being taught, 
sometimes people might say, well, it's not really loving to try and, like, tell other people about your faith because, like, we all have our own truth and we all have our own religion. We all have da-da-da-da-da. But if we abide in his word, the truth sets us free. If we know that Jesus died on the cross for our sin, we have to tell others. We have to know truth for ourselves. We have to tell others the truth of the gospel um, so they ultimately don't end up like that lady walking around an airport with that plastic piece of tissue hanging out, um, whether that's from embarrassment, we're saving them from embarrassment. No, we're saving them from the power of sin. We're saving them from heartbreak, and we're not doing that. We're just the messenger relaying the power of the cross. And we're, we're relaying the honest truth. So uh, let's pray, and then um, we will kind of get ready to move on. So, Lord, I just thank you for each and every one of these girls. God, you have um, intricately just wired them to be the, the young women that you have called them to be. Lord, I pray that they will hear um, your truth this weekend that comes straight, straight from Scripture. And that, God, they will choose to cherish your word, that they will choose to love you and to know you personally, not just know about you. God, I pray that we will know the honest truth um, of your salvation and your gospel, and that we wouldn't just sit on it, that we wouldn't just keep it to ourselves, but that, Jesus, we would see the life change that you have brought um, to us individually and tell it to others um, so that they might live in the truth and gospel of who you are. Lord, we love you and are so grateful for you. In your name we ask it. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Waves Ministry Podcast. For more information about our ministry, check out our website, wavesgirlsconference.com, and our social media at Waves Girls Conference. Today, we hope you start making waves in your home, community, and world.